Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. The Jewish Journal reports that CRE Outreach is a performing arts nonprofit organization in Los Angeles, California. What makes CRE of special interest is that they manage the so-called Theater by the Blind. CRE stands for Create, Reflect, and Empower. The Theater by the Blind is the country's only acting troupe filled entirely with blind people. The troupe enables the blind and visually impaired actors, crew, and audience to become more empowered and self-sufficient. How does the group do just that? CRE Outreach's co-founder and artistic director, Greg Shane, is here to explain. Hi, Greg. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Before we talk about your organization called CRE Outreach and the organization's efforts in helping the blind to participate in theater, let's learn more about you. You're the nonprofit organization's co-founder and artistic director. What do you do in these roles? Uh, I wear many hats. Um, I'm blind in my right eye, so that was one of the main reasons I started Theater by the Blind, because when I was younger, I had to patch uh, the eye that was working to strengthen my right eye. I had a surgery called PHPV at uh, three weeks old, and then a, a another surgery at three months old through Jewel Stein. And I really saw a need for uh, a way for the visually impaired community to build independence and to uh, feel comfortable in movement. Those were the two main um, factors in me starting Theater by the Blind about 12 years ago. Uh, I thought that theater could be that vessel that would allow that to happen. Allow for the blind to freely move and be independent. Good ideas. Now, how, how did you become blind exactly? Uh, with my right eye, I was born with PHPV. And um, that happened, uh, that developed around three weeks old. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's kind of like a, uh, I would explain it like a mass that's covering the eye. They had to remove the uh, vitreous, the macula, everything that operates the right eye. PHPV, does that stand for anything? It does, but it's a very long name that I don't know at the time. <laughs> okay, I understand. It's hard for us to learn those long medical names, I know. Yeah, but I truly love what I do. Um, every day I wake up in the morning excited about the work. Um, I have seen the growth of the group. Uh, we started with four individuals in a, in a gym and now we've come to work with uh, with all of our groups, not just the blind community, but with the veterans and the underserved youth. We work with about 1,081 participants, and we have a brand new theater. Brand new theater. We're going to talk about that in a second. CRE Outreach's mission is, as you mentioned, to empower these underserved, low-income individuals from the L.A. area to become involved in educational programs, the performing arts, and yes, theater as the means to encourage self-expression, enhance their self-esteem and the audience's self-esteem, and empower people to just overcome their life challenges. One group that CRE Outreach, as, as we talked about, serves the blind. In, in fact, the organization offers a program called Theater by the Blind. What is Theater by the Blind? 
So Theater by the Blind is, as you mentioned, the uh, I know of the a country's only entirely blind theater company. And we uh, write and create original theater, mostly. Um, they uh, get on and off the stage independently. Everything that they do in the show is completely independent. Uh, they do not use their canes unless they're playing a character that's visually impaired. And uh, over the years, I've created a system that's sort of like Braille on their feet that allows them to know where they are at all times on stage. Um, it's this uh, basically garden mats that fit together in different formations, and that allows them to know where center stage is or upstage left or upstage right. And uh, they also use the furniture as their guide to uh, maneuver around the stage. But as I said, it's, it's really uh, about promoting independence and uh, allowing their voice to shine on stage. But how do they know, though, where to walk? I mean, you talk about the Braille dots on the ground, but how do they know where to walk so they don't fall down? Because I know in the big theaters, there's this thing, there's this area called the pit where the orchestra plays. Mm -hmm. And how do you make sure people don't fall into these pits or fall off the stage? That's a great question. Um, luckily, the theater that we have constructed now doesn't have a pit. Uh, it's an entirely flat stage. But we have performed in um, venues like Magicopolis that had a very long drop-off. And what I would do is I would put the mats uh, horizontally across the stage, taped down, at the edge. So as soon as the actors started to feel those mats, um, like I said, they're not really braille dots. They're more of raised uh, textured surfaces that allows them to know where they are in space. Um, so as soon as they would feel that, they would step back from the stage. Um, but yeah, luckily in 12 years, I never had anyone fall off. <laughs> never. That's good. <laughs> yes, that's a very big accomplishment. But as I said, now we don't really have to worry about that. Um, with the with the new space, what it really gives us the opportunity of is they're really learning everything of of the new space and and they're you know maneuvering around very well. In fact, in this uh, current production, Lost in the Light, one of the actors who plays the lead, Magalio Campo, skateboards across the stage. All right. Now, how do you, how does the whole group get together? How do they, um, how do they get together, brainstorm the ideas for the new upcoming play, write the play, um, memorize the play, uh, perform the play? How, how do they do it blind? So the process is, um, a very collaborative process. The first day of rehearsal, uh, we basically talk about what we want to do a show about and then they come up with the characters and locations, everything really in the play is their voice. Um, and then we have a writer, sometimes someone who's visually impaired writes the scripts, other times not. And we basically take all of their ideas and culminate it into the production. And then there's different ways that different actors learn their lines. Uh, some are kind of old fashioned and I read the script and they audio record them on their tape recorders. Uh, some braille them out, and uh, others uh, prefer getting an email with the with the script attached, and that they uh, read it on their screen reader. And then, when it comes to time for uh, really getting into blocking the show, 
you know, it's a process of them really learning and orienting with the stage. For example, if there's a table on stage and they need to serve food, they need to learn how to get around the table, um, you know, using maybe the chairs as their guide, uh, the textured surfaces, as I mentioned. And, you know, it's really just a process of uh, integrating everything that they learned up to that point. And then when we do the performance, they uh, get a standing ovation. It's fantastic. How do you teach the the actors to understand what the lines are saying, understand what their character's objective is, and how how do you get them to perform in character? So I guess what I would start off by saying is we never audition anyone. We take anyone into our program um, as long as we see that it's a good fit for for, you know, me as the director and, you know, that they bring positive attitude because, you know, I would say that first and foremost, our group is a family. Um, everyone comes together, supportive, really enjoys being there. And um, in terms of getting them to learn their lines, um, you know, it's, it's about trust. I think a lot of it, um, I trust that they're going to take the initiative and they trust me we do a lot of character exercises and improvisations that allow the characters to grow. Um, the girl that's playing the lead in the show, as I mentioned, Magali, she's never been on stage before. And um, she's just grown so much with her confidence and just her abilities. And, um, you know, it's a process. Uh, it normally takes about six to 11 months. It depends on which show we're doing. So it's a real long process. We meet twice a week for three hours uh, at a time. And um, yeah, so I think it's, you know, integrating all the elements that they're learning and then a lot of elements of trust from both our ends. How many actors per per typically perform in your plays? How many? So this particular show has 23 members in the cast. 23 uh, members. That's a big cast. Now, do some of these cast members include tech people? Uh, no, that's 23 cast members. Okay. All right. Well, so, um, but, but don't you, don't you also hire tech people to run the shows? We do. Yeah. Um, those don't tend to be of the visually impaired community. Um, we sometimes hire military veterans. Um, but we have, we have, I'd say, you know, people from the visually impaired community's parents and uh, other aspects of family involved with sometimes running stagehands and stuff like that. What is the commitment for being in the troupe? I understand that it's six months. Six to 11 months sometimes. This past show, Lost in the Light, took about 11 months uh, to put together. It was a very... Uh, tough perform, tough show to put together, but uh, very rewarding in the end. Um, it also features uh, autistic, autistic, and uh, musicians of all disabilities with original songs. So incorporating that was a little bit of a challenge, but it's been really a wonderful experience. And um, the commitment is is being there and bringing a very positive attitude, like I said, and recognizing that you know there's no. I in the process that we're really a whole team and um, it's a very big commitment. I mean, it's, it's really twice a week for three hours a week, four to 7 PM. We meet at the theater and it's a, it's a big commitment, but I think it's very rewarding for those that are part of it. Uh, what, what do they typically do at the meetings? Is it just rehearsal and coming up with ideas? 
Um, well, there's there's stages. You know, the first part of the process is creating the show. Um, once the show is created, then they learn their lines. And, you know, it's just like any other actor going to rehearsal. You know, it's 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 treated their professionals. Um, I don't see them as amateur performers. Uh, I think that they really can hold a candle to anyone in Los Angeles theater. And, uh, you know, we treat them like that. They get paid for the performances. We provide access transportation for all of them. We provide meals for all of them. So it's a real, uh, it's a real great opportunity and as well as a big commitment. Greg, tell us about your recent show at CRE Outreach. So Lost in the Light opened last week to a uh, standing ovation, which was really great. Um, we have sold out every single performance. Uh, we sold out about a month prior to the show. And uh, it tells the story of a girl who's visually impaired. Um, she was actually born blind, and she finds out about this protein surgery to get her vision. And she's faced with a big decision whether to do the surgery and not know the repercussions of it or to decide to stay in the situation she's in. And it tells that story of, um, of that decision. And, um, you know, a lot of the ideas came from the cast in terms of whether they would choose to stay in a position of being blind or if they were given a magic pill that they would take it and, um, and get their vision. And uh, it was very interesting to hear those responses. It was a very mixed bag, and I didn't expect that. So that was very interesting and intriguing and led, uh, led to a lot of great uh, material for the show. Did you guys use any props like sets or wear any costumes? Yeah, so all, the, all our shows have full set uh, costumes, props. Uh, uh, lighting design, um, sound design, uh, tech director. So pretty much every aspect of professional theater that you would see at the Pantages, let's say, is 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 you know on a lower scale, but in our shows. And um, we've been very fortunate to have been donated some of the top lighting that is out there for theatrical use. Excellent, excellent. What are some of the past performances you've had, past plays? So we've done, I think, about 30 performances in the past 12 years. Um, and uh, the show before this was called A Reason to Love. It was performed at Magicopolis in Santa Monica. And it was a story about family dynamics, I would say. Um, it also incorporated the musicians from Rex and Friends. Um, Rex and Friends is the group of musicians of all disabilities, and um, you may have heard of the piano player. His name is Rex Lewis Clack. He's both blind and autistic, and he's a musical savant. So he's both um, shining in this show as well as a reading to love, and uh, he's just absolutely phenomenal. He actually played for the vice president, Joe Biden. So he's, uh, he's a virtuoso. He's been on 60 Minutes four times. And uh, he really adds a great uh, dimension to the show. Uh, some of the other shows we've done are mafia shows. Um, <laughs> we've done everything from a under the water production, uh, like under the sea. 
Um, we did a show called Lights Out, which was a really interesting performance about prison. So, you know, a lot of the shows all have all different elements, I would say. I wouldn't say there's one show that's similar to another. Sometimes they incorporate elements of uh, being visually impaired, and sometimes they don't. Uh, this particular show was our grand opening, and we really had an important message to say with Lost in the Light, and so that's why it went down that path. Tell us about this new theater you're performing at. Yeah, so the new theater is called The Blue Door. It's in Culver City at 9617 Venice Boulevard. And what's incredible about the theater is nearly everything has been donated to us, um, from the tile to the architect to the contractor to the lighting, as I mentioned, um, and uh, the curtains. I mean, it's just been an amazing um, outpouring of support from people all over Los Angeles who have followed us over the past 12 years and really believed in what we were doing and saw the opportunities and the impact that we can make on people who, uh, you know, giving them a voice to uh, telling their stories. So, so all of this is very good. Um, what, what have other people said about your performances? Well, the reviews have been really great so far. Um, Patch.com wrote a uh, article about the uh, the show opening to rave reviews and the standing ovation um, we've had was fantastic. Um, people are really moved by the performance, and they also think that the the actors are really have grown so much over the years, and they're really on a professional high caliber level of acting. And I think that's a huge compliment to them that, you know, I think when we first started, it was closer to community theater, maybe low end community theater. And now I feel like we're really a, a true established performing arts organization. Let's, let's move back a little bit. Um, so Greg, how did you decide to just get into theater in the first place? You ask great questions, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so it's a really interesting story that you asked that question. So I was actually a professional magician when I was uh, about 13 years old. I performed magic till uh, professionally to about 18, five years. I traveled to Germany and performed the Olympics of magic. I performed at the Magic Castle as a Magic Castle member. And uh, I went to Tulane University in New Orleans. And um, I started off as a psychology major and really did pretty bad at it. <laughs> uh, mm. The classes were very early in the morning and I couldn't get up to go to the class. <laughs> so so the, I ended up uh, going with something that I knew, which was theater. And I knew theater from magic. And uh, I just got into theater and started acting in the plays and um, going to, uh, I went to Oxford uh, University, performed with uh, the British American Drama Academy, as well as in London. I did a show with David Hunt from the Globe Theater for six weeks, which was really amazing experience. And then when I graduated college, uh, I decided to um, get my master's in educational theater through NYU abroad. So I worked in London, Dublin, Brazil, and Puerto Rico with pretty much all populations. Um, I directed Macbeth with prisoners. Uh, I worked with the homeless community. Um, I worked with people with psychiatric challenges. And um, at that same time, I was volunteering for a program called Changing Perceptions, 
which was through Christina Kokobo. Um, and she uh, passed away suddenly, and there was no one left to take over the program. And what they were doing at Changing Perceptions is they were basically using their life stories to tell uh, in a theatrical way. And I kind of saw a vision of what it would be like to use theater as a much bigger platform for audiences. And that's how Theater by the Blind was born in, uh, about 12 years ago. That's amazing. It sounds like you've accomplished a lot. And same with the troupe. What advice do you have for our listeners who want to get involved in theater in any way? Well, I would love to expand the program, continually expand it. Um, We have different casts of Theater by the Blind because we just keep expanding. And um, we're actually going to be offering uh, an improv class for all abilities. Um, The the teacher of the improv class is autistic and a very uh, well-renowned teacher. And I, I think the best uh, thing to do is to reach out to uh, myself if you're interested. Um, the best way to reach me is email. Um, should I give my email address? Sure. It's uh, G-S-H-A-N-E, G-Shane, at C-R-E-Outreach.org. That's G-Shane at C-R-E-Outreach.org. And we have a lot of different opportunities. We have Film by the Blind. Um, we have all sorts of, uh, different opportunities in our organization. And I can tell you that I truly believe that theater by the blind has changed so many lives. Um, I get texts all the time from people, how, how it's made such a difference for them. And they're, they're not only on stage, but in their own lives in terms of confidence and feeling comfortable in movement and just feeling great about being involved with a community that's all sharing a commonality. Now, how might our listeners learn more about Theater by the Blind, see the shows, and get involved? What do they need to do? So the best way to learn is to go to our website. That's C-R-E-Outreach.org. That's C-R-E-Outreach.org. And uh, there's all sorts of information. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we, we work with a lot of different populations. Our next production is going to be with military veterans. Um, it's a really important show, I believe. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just a great opportunity, you know, to, to get involved with CRE and we really treat everyone there like, uh, uh, someone who can shine and someone's unique and let them uh, grow and develop into the best person they possibly can be. I think a welcoming environment is very important. We're going to put all of this information on the Speaking Out for the Blind website, speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, I just want to thank you for a a wonderful interview. I've done a fair amount of interviews, and uh, I really felt you asked poignant questions, and uh, I think you you have a lot of talent as an interviewer. So I just want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it, Greg. And I'm sure California listeners and our listeners around the nation are going to be interested in getting involved with theater by the blind and be encouraged to show off their best talent, or maybe those outside of California will encourage similar opportunities in their local area. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. 
Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? <coughs> then join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics, providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and replays throughout the day on Thursdays on ACB Radio Mainstream. Happy listening! California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. This is ACB Radio, connecting the blind community. Connecting the blind community.